Full 10 Yards Podcast. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the Full 10 Yards Podcast, where of course, every yard counts. Britball podcast for you today. Might be a two-party. We'll see how we go. Uh, I thought it'd be quite a fun thing to do. A little bit of uh, A to Z, if you like, of, of Britball and officiating in Bafra. Uh, and who else to who else is better to talk? Who else is better placed to talk about that than our very own official aficionado? It's Roger Goodgraves. Roger, you've been a very busy boy recently, but we welcome you back in. Glad to have you back. Thank you, Tim. Good to be here. Yeah, and just say just before we get into into the A to Z of officiating, a couple of things. Uh, that we just want to kind of gloss over first. It's kind of been making the uh, the NFL UK news, if, if you like. Firstly, obviously, you've been a very busy busy person doing uh, some very important stuff. Uh, but we'll start off with the fun stuff first. Obviously, you got a chance to um, visit the new Tottenham Stadium and you had a, a nice little picture there of Juju Smith-Schuster at the uh, 40-yard dash line. Yeah, um, it, it was a very interesting day. I, I, I don't know if people are aware, there is a thing called the NFL Academy and it's uh, college placements for people who want to be good at football and like college in America it's a mixture of classes and training on football and the NFL have been doing academy tryouts and the culmination of that was a finals event um, at the new Tottenham Stadium um, so the first um, competitive event going on there um, and those kids were trying out for a place on that academy and there are lots of NFL stars who are um, assistance to rah-rah the kids give them encouragement mm-hmm. so Juju Smith Juicer was one of those and uh, so he was there and he, he was showing the kids how to do the 40 yard dash and he's done quick <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely yeah you have to be a skilled photographer to to not get a blurred picture there maybe I suppose but uh, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, yeah you're well versed you're no, no doubt well versed there in your music background as well so um, yeah uh, say, what was the uh, the Tottenham Stadium like? So you said it was the first time that you've uh, visited the stadium. Yes, phenomenal. I'm really looking forward to games there. Um, the stadium is, or the seating to the stadium, is so much closer than Wembley. You're on top of the play. The end zone is literally a couple of yards runoff before you get a, a wall, like a Lambo Leap type wall. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we're going to call um, call it when the Tottenham one goes, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm sure we'll come up with the name. Um, but yeah, a Lambo leap type wall, literally just at the end of the end zone. So there's no runoff space um, and you're right in the action. Ah, nice. And it's a brilliant stadium. I had a chance to have a look around, take pictures through the stadium before and during the academy. And it, it was just brilliant. Mm. It, it, I couldn't see a bad seat in the house, to be honest. Even the very back of the tallest stand at the end, mm. it was just a phenomenal view. Very nice. Makes me feel glad. Makes me feel glad that I've sold my uh, my season ticket. But then, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for face value as well, might, might I add? Not, of course. None of this. Of none of this StubHub stuff. That's ridiculous. But uh, that's a whole other podcast. That one. But uh, we <laughs> yes. we we <laughs> we shall move on. And uh, just want another uh, quite an interesting situation, um, Roger. Which is, again, you're well placed to to comment on this. A couple of weeks ago, obviously, the uh, Doncaster Mustangs uh, had to for- forfeit a game and get their yellow card and. Uh, you know, consequently be relegated to Division 2 for, for next year. But it was surrounded, obviously, um, not being able to officiate the game. So do you just maybe want to take us through kind of what happened there? Well, I think if we if we backstep um, a little bit, um, we need to look at the beginning of last of the season or the end of last season. Um, BAFA, the league organisation, not BAFRA, the, the officiating organisation, just to clarify the terminology, yeah. um, aware of that there would potentially be times where all the games couldn't be covered with referees. 
um, two things happened. One, they set a priority for which games would be covered. So Prem games get covered before Division One senior games, and then junior Division One games get covered before senior Division Two games. So that's the priority set by BAFA, and that's what the referees will be allocated to the games. The league also told the um, teams to prepare for this eventuality should it come about and talk to local teams to find other uh, people in the area who may not have a games that week so they could talk to their um, level one coaches and get those people to officiate the game if need be. Um, unfortunately, with Doncaster, um, they couldn't or didn't find the suitable number of um, uh, coaches to officiate the game and they decided to forfeit instead. Mm. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation as well. I was going to say, yeah, because it's, it's, it's quite a harsh penalty. I know, obviously, the point of um, teams, you know, being accepted into the league through, the, you know, through the process that that is there for um, American football on these shores. I suppose it has to be that has to be the penalty because you know you want the teams that come into the league to be sustainable and to have you know the requisite coaching and players and all the rest of it. So, as, as you know, whilst as harsh as, it, harsh as it is, I suppose that has to be in place, doesn't it? It does, and I think everybody wants the game to improve. And in order to make the game improve, we need to put things in place to make sure that teams yeah. give a good game day experience where, as much as possible. Yeah. Um, just going back onto that game just for one second, um, the other thing that comes into play is the um, scheduling of games. Obviously, if there's a, a flood of games in one particular area, we quickly run out of referees that are available locally, yeah. and even those will travel two or three hours to, to get to a game. That's let alone if there aren't already too many games being played, and therefore we haven't got people who could physically travel in if we wanted them to. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's just one of those circumstances uh, that uh, there was lots going on in the area, um, lots of other Division One and Prem games going on, took the available referee in stock. Yeah, yeah, and I, th I think I remember seeing something about the uh, Doncaster coach. One of the Doncaster coaches had left or moved to another team, but again, that's that's just speculation. I didn't really, can't really, um, not really, weren't placed enough to, to comment on that. But yeah, a couple of the yeah, couple of... I, I'd seen that in social media as well. I, I had no information myself about it. Yeah, um, but some of the some of the themes that we just talked about there might trickle into our A to Z. So I, su I suppose that's a nice segue mm -hmm. to to start with. Start at the beginning. Obviously, it's always good to start with A. Um, so A uh, A to Z of Bafra Britball officiating. Um, quite looking forward to this as well so we start off with a uh, i've gone for associate process so for those of you out there that don't know what the associate process is it's a process where teams that apply to to enter the league kind of have a year to prove their worth i suppose and they have you know there's certain criteria they have to meet um but roger what, what's what's the key um from a baffer standpoint and also you know we can go into the depth of the game as well because um, the team that i play for dunfermline kings we have an associate process game uh, on saturday um mm -hmm. so it'd be quite interesting to see you know is, is there anything different that the officials look for in, in an associate game or do they just you know treat it as if it's a you know a prem a prem north game or you know any other game it's fundamentally the same yeah we don't officiate it particularly any differently although i'll come back to that in a, a moment if i can yeah. what we're looking to do is assist the teams in the areas of game management field audits and those sort of things um to try and make sure that they are prepared and ready for a game if it was to run under the league structure yeah. so you have situations like you know your first time the teams might be marking out a field so inevitably they might make some mistakes in how they actually measure how they mark um, what minimum requirements are expected of the league so we're there to help them steer those um, decisions to say you know 
you've got your hash marks and they're NFL hash marks, not college hash marks, right. so it's different width. Yeah. And it's those sort of things that come into play where we're trying to help the teams make sure they're prepped so that when they actually come into the league structure, they're not going to fall foul of any of those game management and field order issues yeah. and have a game that can actually happen. Had a situation, for example, where we had uh, a team had marked out their field in metres, but the chain was measured in yards. Um, <laughs> so a slight difference for those that have uh, studied their maths in, yeah. in the past. Um, and obviously that makes an interesting uh, situation <laughs> from an officiating point of view when we're trying to decide whether the first down is met. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and is it with the with the process say when uh, they go round and look at you know obviously I'll have to tell my one of my guys to not do a fifty yard end zone then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean there are minimum requirements the league set for depths of end zone. It needs to be no more than this, and no more, no less than that. Yeah, um, that, that's for the reason of, of of safety as well. So we're checking things like safety around. So are there any potholes? Are there any obstructions near the end zone? Are posts padded? Yeah. It's those sort of field issues that we need to make sure it needs to be a safe environment for people to play in sure and obviously they uh, i think it's that you have to play five games isn't it during the associate year pro, uh, for the process to yeah for the officiating and yeah kind of the assessment. there are a variety of things that the league put in place and they will assess the teams and they will send an assessor down so they're, they're checking that not only is it running well from our point of view but also the other things to do with game management are being run well mm-hmm. And is it is it kind of a like a driving test scenario? Is it like a pass fail, or is it just kind of a um, you know is there a threshold I, I of don't mistakes? Get involved with the process right. beyond the officiating. So the honest answer is I don't know. Right. Um, so that, it would really be a case of get somebody from Baffer on board. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a guy who's head of the associate process, so he would be a good one to get on board. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll try. We'll get try and get that in. Uh, I'll in, put you in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we'll move on to B then. So B, I've got uh, Baffer courses. So. Um, how how do we how do we get people to to be refs? How do we how do we? Uh, you, I mean, I know you, I know you mentioned um, when we talked off air about the Doncaster. Um, I'm not going to call it a debacle, but um, situation shall we call it? Um, that you actually had very to, journalistic. <laughs> yeah, you had uh, quite an influx of people being interested in you know in in being referees. So what kind of what yeah. what, what how do, how do they go about you know what courses do they have to take? And obviously you said coaches can have it as well, but how describe you know courses that are available and how they you know, yeah, sure. refs. I, and the good thing about open debate is it, it made people aware that there was a role for officiating as well as the role for expansion in the game yeah. um, from a playing perspective. And we had a huge increase in people registering of interest to want to be officials. So from that perspective, having that discussion about why games couldn't be covered and the, the need to increase the number of referees to go with the increase in the number of games that are being played. So you know, we've not just got senior games, we've got university games, we've now got junior games, youth games, women's coming through and increasing all the time. Yep. So there are more and more games. Obviously, we need more and more officials. So whilst we're growing, we need to grow quicker to actually keep up with that demand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, and it's like you see uh, is a... Is a... Is, we'll get onto that surely, which is more referees. But yeah, yeah. Um, just answer your question on on what do people need to do to get into yeah. officiating. So the first thing is to register for interest, and we'll send you details and tell you what the process is. But in brief, the process is to do with a um, a competency exam that people have to pass. Yeah. Now they uh, they will have one to one training to get them to the point where they actually take that exam. Yeah. And once they've actually passed that exam, then they can, they can take the field. Um, then on the field, they go through a process where they need to, again, meet certain standards in the first 10 games, a bit like the associate process for, for teams, same for officials, before those referees become qualified officials. Yeah. 
So it's not just a case of passing the exam technically and then you're on the field and you're qualified. You still need to actually qualify on the field. Yeah. And we will walk you through that process and we'll have a buddy to assist you and take you through the training process and through the first on-field experience. And they will shadow you to begin with, make sure that uh, you're comfortable in the position you're working with yeah. and then obviously let you uh, try it yourself as, uh, as we get more experience. Mm. The, car, the car driving the exam theme coming through again with the theory and the practical way. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to C then. So again, we've gone for C. We've gone for cruise. So uh, it was just more about you know, say say if you're a ref- someone a budding referee that's that's just passed mm-hmm. and um, you know how about how are crews put together? Is it more, is it mainly geographical? Is it you know what? An, it, one... It's a mixture. Yeah. Um, ge- geographic geographical placement plays an issue inevitably. Yeah. You can't have uh, officials from Cornwall travelling regularly to do games in Scotland. Yeah. It's not economically viable when <laughs> no. you're being paid £45 for a game, yeah. plus expenses. But then the expenses ramp up and then the teams happen to pay those expenses, yeah. then they complain, etc. So you've got to have a practicality about where the officials can be drawn from. The other things that you need to take into account is that games at a premier level are going to be faster, um, more athletic than games at a Division 2 level. Uh-huh. So we try and make sure that we've got a balance of people on the crew who've got the level of experience to be able to cope with that. So it's not just a case of putting anybody out. We need to put the crew out that's going to be suitable for that game. Mm-hmm. And on that subject, we also need to make sure that we've got the right officials in the right positions on the field. Yeah. Um, as you're probably aware, there are different positions on the field with different requirements, some in the middle uh, watching line play, other yeah. people watching the quarterback, other people watching the sidelines etc so we need the right people who've got the right skills in those positions so it's a little bit of a juggling act to get all of those different uh, uh, skill sets together yeah. and then of course availability work holidays uh, etc that comes into play as well so we need to juggle all of those to make sure we get the right people in the right place at the right time yeah absolutely and with, with say, say you've got a crew together um, you know, for, for the amount of crews. Do, do they tend to always stay together, or do they get split up? Is no, it a mix and match? Un- unlike the NFL or um, or certainly college in, in most uh, places, uh, we actually have mixed crews. Right. So depending on availability, because yeah. all our officials aren't necessarily available every week. Yeah. They have family, uh, etc. And we run year-round officiating. Unlike the the NFL, who run for a few months. We're running throughout the year from universities during the winter, and then we come into the summer for the senior league with um, junior games and youth games. So we, we they do need to have a breaks occasionally, uh, otherwise they end up being divorced officials. Um, so those things come into play as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, let's move on to D then. So for D, I've gone for due, uh, due diligence. So um, with with the crews, obviously turn up to a game just before kickoff. What what kind of pre-match checks do they do? I know you said about the associate process where they check, you know, yeah, it's similar. And... Um, but we go through a system where we're obviously checking for field safety. We're checking that we've got medical cover. Yeah, very important one. Making sure the right level of medical cover. Yeah. Um, we don't do it. We're not first aid trained. Yeah. Nor, nor should we. I don't think, in my view. Um, but we need to make sure that the right level of um, safety is in place mm-hmm. so that the game can go ahead and they're in a safe environment we'll get captain's numbers from the, the the head coach we'll find out what their preferences are are they going to go for one or two points should they score a touchdown yep. so we can be in the right position to officiate for that mm-hmm. we'll find out if their kickers are left-footed right-footed are their quarterbacks left or right armed because that will change our positions on the field yeah, yeah. um yeah. referee will make sure he's on the right side for the to be able to see a roughing play against the quarterback for example yeah. so a uh, different handed quarterback will make a difference to where they actually are mm. 
Yeah, very good. Um, okay, and then so E, kind of a, an extension of that is etiquette. So during the game, um, kind of, I know you said that you take the captain's numbers, and obviously it's captains that can maybe speak to the referees, and it's not, you know, it's not going to be a Manchester United uh, surround the referee kind of job. <laughs> but um, what kind of what's, well, what's the good thing about the good thing about officiating from an American football perspective is it's very similar to rugby. There's far more respect for the officials than yeah. a game of soccer. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that's to say generally before we talk about you know what's the punishment that goes with uh, you not following the rules. Generally speaking, the coaches will be very respectful of the officials, but you know they're also invested in this game. Yeah, it's yeah. a passion for the sport, and obviously tempers will rise occasionally, and they might question the call because they didn't see it the way that we saw it, or. Um, their level of skills, knowledge in the rules may be slightly different to ours. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I mean, there are punishments if necessary, but it, it's normally respect is given both ways between the officials and the, the coaches. Mm-hmm. There's a, a pecking order though, so you know, assistant coaches don't get the same leeway that head coach would get in terms of uh, mm-hmm. uh, complaining about a call. Yeah. Um, and even head coaches, you know, the, they can complain. Um, respectfully, but they can't rush onto the field to challenge a call. <laughs> yeah. um, and otherwise, they'll get flagged for uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. Absolutely. And uh, um, both players can get unsportsmanlike conduct fouls, which is like a yellow card in soccer. Yeah. Get two of those uh, in a game, then you're sent off the game. Yeah. Um, we'll miss the next game in the, the, the league as well. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, still get the get the ban. Yeah, so it's the um, couple. I've seen, I've seen a, p- a couple of people being ejected over the last couple of weeks as well. So yeah, it's not it's not. A, yeah, it happens. We yeah. we don't want it to happen if, no. if at all possible. But the game needs to be run safely. But also, it needs to be run under a control um, that's that gets the game done and doesn't unduly delay things. And if you let a coach continually go on about calls that he might see as one and you see as another, um, that is also bad from a spectator's point of view as well. So it's important that we actually get control of that. Yeah. And what? so uh, that springs to mind, actually. I think it was a game last week or maybe the week before where you had that tense finish. I think it was the London Olympians. Um, yes. Towards the end, so say, so say for instance, um, I think uh, as far as far as I'm aware, the Olympians were quite um, gracious, shall we say, in, in kind of what happened because it was a, a bit of a funny uh, end to the game with the the game clock and the. the um... Well, I I think what happened, um, and I have watched this tape um, quite a lot. Um, <laughs> You have a, a stream that was gone on, and it's a very good stream, so yeah. let's not knock the stream. No. And I like having streams available, and we'll talk about that later when we talk about training. Yeah. Um, we had a stream that wasn't keeping up with the game clock on the mm. field very well, yeah. and therefore the amount of time showing as available on the game clock on the screen was not necessarily in line with the game clock on the field. Yeah. The question mark about what happened at the end of the play, so give you a scenario, team had just scored to go ahead in the in the game. The other team were trying to come back to win the game. Um, they threw a long pass down the sideline and the player went down. Was he inbound? Was he out of bounds? And the referees said the game was over. Now, the perception from some of the people watching the stream were twofold. One, there was more uh, clock available than there was. Yeah. Secondly, that the referees incorrectly ruled the player inbounds yeah. and let the clock run out. Well, if you actually watch the tape, the referees are all signaling to stop the clock. They wave their hands crossed above yep. their heads. Yep. That's to indicate to each other that Sorry. they've seen something that is a clock-stopping action. Yep. Now, in that particular example, you had two clock-stopping actions. You had the fact that a, a first down automatically stops the clock. Yep. So regardless of whether the player was inbounds or out of bounds, the long pass had made a first down, the clock was going to be stopped. Yep. So the fact that there was a debate about whether he was inbounds or out of bounds was it's immaterial. Yeah, absolutely. And if you watch the guy who was on the 
sideline, he's actually holding the clock. And you'll see the first thing he does when the player goes out of bounds is he reaches for his watch to stop that clock. Mm -hmm. He then signals with his arms crossed above his head to indicate to the other um, people on the crew that that's what's happening. As it was, the clock has expired on his watch and the other um, um, back judge in this case, who was near to the play at the end of the play, um, immediately they got into conference and he said, clock's expired. And you see then that the back judge reach for the ball and put it into the air. That's the signal that the game is over. Uh Um, So the clock had expired. It wasn't the fact he was inbound or out of bounds. It was a misperception by people who didn't understand the rules that the referees had ruled it inbounds. It wouldn't have mattered whether it was inbounds or out of bounds. The clock stopped. Just so happened the time had expired on that clock. Therefore, it was immaterial what was happening next. Yeah, absolutely. And I say that's a, that's a perfect example where you know maybe the Olympians could have you know the tensions could have run high and they could have gone all guns are blazing and gung ho and you know all the rest of it. But I, th- I think from what I saw, they were they say they were gracious and understood the rules. You know, even it was ones. a great game and a great ending. I mean, yeah. you know, it's the sort of football you want to see because that will bring the fans in. Yeah. You know, the fact it didn't go their way, they, they were magnanimous enough to uh, to you know settle in that that defeat. But you know. It's understandable when teams have passion for the game because yeah. that's what you want. You want passion. Nothing wrong with passion. No, absolutely. And just just let's let's just say hypothetically for a moment that you know the Olympians started getting a bit shirty, and I, I assume no quarters would be given because from the refs because obviously they they'd, they'd explain what the you know what's happening, what the rules are, and it's obviously black and white. Uh, and then so anything over the top, they, they I suppose they would get a, a kind of an after game yellow card type thing if you if you like. Yeah, I mean, our, our jurisdiction has a defined ending. So depending on when it happened, and we're no longer in the game, come the game being declared. Right. Um, so, you know, yes, potentially there's that slight chance there, but um, it's usually a case of at that stage, the game's over, we're we're out of it. Yeah, that's fair. I say, yeah, gen- generally all the games that I've seen, I've seen one or two ejections uh, over the over the years. But yeah, generally, uh, like you say, it's like rugby where it's all, it's all very uh, gentlemanly conduct and, and all the rest of it as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, generally. I mean, there are times, but yeah, there are few. Uh, it's always going to be, always going to be. Uh, right, okay, let's move on to F then. So F, I've gone for fitness. So um, obviously you said that there's a lot of different roles for referees to have officials on, on the field and on the sideline and the rest of it. What, but generally, is, is there a fitness aspect to uh, requirements for, for, for being an official? Or Yes, you need to be able to run around for two or three hours. Right. That's basically the level of fitness. <laughs> You'll find that there are different levels of people um, fitness levels some a lot younger than others if you look at the demographic of most officials they're generally older in years and most people who are older in years aren't necessarily as fit they used to be and you'll get that mix of people um and you'll also get a mix in position so the guy that works in the middle the umpire position is often shall we say a little bit more round than some of the other <laughs> um, wing officials um that, that goes to the position because they don't need to physically move so much yeah and great umpires in the middle they pivot they don't move they, they're actually having the play run literally just past them yeah and they pivot away from it yeah. and the players will avoid them because they're not trying to get to the referee they're trying to get to the player mm-hmm. and a good uh, umpire will actually get out the way sufficiently by moving um, slightly to actually uh, allow the, the play to get there yeah no, absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, is there any any other any any other skills that they need to fitness wise, or just uh, is, is that essentially it? Obviously, they've got the, the uh, courses to go mind, through. Mind mind fitness, yeah. Um, which we we, we we don't talk about enough, probably. Yeah. You, you generally find that uh, officials fall into a few categories, but the best officials 
are a little geeky when it comes to the rules. Yeah. And having that ability to break down the nuances of the game and apply the rules to the intricate level that's needed in some of those situations, you'll find people who like puzzles and things like this yeah. often officiate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, great. Let's, uh, let's move on to G then. So under G, I've got game management. So um, obviously the state of... of, um, of, of Games over in, in this country, it's going to vary from you know from club to club and facility to yeah. facility. Yeah, how how absolutely. does how do the how do the crews and also the teams, I suppose, how do we how do you deal with you know uh, indiscrepancies between you know say maybe pitch markings or um, you know where posts are? How uh, can you give us some instances of where you know facilities have have, have caused um, crews to kind of have to go by what what they're given with? You know, obviously, game clocks another one and um, pitch sizes another. Yeah, I mean, there are league-mandated minimums um, pitch standards. So I mentioned earlier about yeah. um, markings, certain pitch lengths. You cannot have a, um, a pitch less than a, a certain distance uh, because you need to have uh, a field plus end zones and things like this. You need to have markings every five yards with hash marks so that we can know where the ball should be placed. Those sort of things are part of the game management and are mandated by the league. Um, we're just there to uh, enforce them, which is actually talking about rules. We, we actually don't make any rules. The rules are actually made by other bodies, normally uh, coaches, uh, um, but we just actually enforce them with enforcers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think we, what we're going to do is we're going to pause it there. We're going to make it a two-part because it's good, good content. But So uh, join us for the second part where we'll go through letters H to Z and then maybe a bit more as well. So you can join us for that uh, next time. So in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com